I click re- oh shit, I actually didn't mean to click record, but alright, we clicked record. <laughs> well, uh, hello, it is Trent, I'm back, it's been a while, um, I think it's been probably a month or just over a month since I've last recorded with the boys, what's up boys? Hello! Hello, how deep. We missed you. <laughs> wow. <laughs> missed you all too, that's for sure. Uh, not that we don't text and talk on the sides, but good to be recording with both of you again. No, there's um, no life between us outside of this podcast. This exactly. is it. It's Everything true. We actually hate the only conversation. Pull back the curtain. We act, pull back the curtain. We actually hate each other. <laughs> um, These airwaves are the only place where we speak. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Where I'm actually, I've, I'm a robot. Actually, I have to go back and charge after this. So this is my only purpose is recording <laughs> salad. Um, but no, it's good. Uh, it took some time away, and yeah, and honestly, true, just completely truthful. There's a lot of really hard stuff going on in the world right now, and I think we've had to take a moment to try and find what is our place content wise with all this going on. I mean, you've got a pandemic where there's not a lot of companies doing ads right now. And then you've got a huge host of social issues that should have been addressed a long time ago and are rightfully coming to a a breaking point here where they need to be solved. And I'm glad that conversations are happening around that. With that, it feels like advertising is not at all important (laughs) in that Mm -hmm. conversation. So it's like, how can we use uh, our, our platform? How can we create content right now? How can we Try and give people a little bit of an escape to to have some fun and listen to something among all the hard conversations and hard shit that's going on. And we're we're still trying to figure that out. I don't, I don't have that answer. Uh, so I think I'm you know we're just kind of humbly coming here to try and give you some good content and continue to to learn and listen right now and help as we can. So I don't know if you guys have anything you want to say about that too before we really get rolling into the conversation here, but. Any thoughts on that, Zach and Cole? Any thoughts on the fourth? How your holidays went? What's what's new? It's been a little bit since we've talked. Well, this is going to derail all of the important stuff you just said, and I don't want that to come across negatively. But in terms of my holiday weekend, um, I've already watched Hamilton on Disney Plus twice because it came out on Friday, and that has brought me into a very happy place because I love musicals. And I particularly love that musical. And I played it in the background while I cleaned my apartment yesterday. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's fantastic. I had actually meant to watch that yesterday. Um, I remember thinking, oh my gosh, the perfect thing to watch. But I have something to do today now. So <laughs> Yes, you should, yeah. especially if you have not seen it. No, I haven't, actually. I haven't. So I need to. Sorry, Trent. That totally... Yeah. threw off your whole open and i and i apologize for that and i will respond to that in a second i'm gonna let cole finish talking it's no, adjacent you're it's adjacent I, like. <clears throat> I, I mean well i don't know if it's directly adjacent but i think the balance is is living in the nuance of the gray area and connecting in between different spaces uh which i i was sober as i said that statement just for the record <laughs> but honestly to what you said Trent, it's just the world is changing or going through just such a, 
everything that's happening right now is going to be talked about in history years from now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and it's just, it is so difficult to figure out how to act right now. And um, in terms of this podcast and, and finding our place talking about advertising, you know what I mean? Um, how do, where do we fit into that and everything? And it's just been, I'm, I'm kind of left speechless just because it's been a time of learning and a time of change and a time of so many different emotions and feelings and so many different stressors compounding on top of each other. Uh, and it's been so, so tough, you know, just personally trying to navigate everything and, and, and manage just the severe amount of stress that's coming from so many different sides. Um, that's pretty candid, but that's, that's where I'm at. And it's, it's tough. And yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, definitely, yeah I feel like it's, it's definitely been a moment. I mean, going from, uh, you know, Zach and I's last episode and, um, kind of the conversations we had there, I think that those things have kind of been resonating within both within us and within, um, the culture, so to speak, um, within, uh, the culture of all of these different places and industries. And I think that the ripple effects of, you know, the protests that happen and the protests that are still happening are just like really show um, really how impactful and how big these moments are. And I think totally to your point, Zach, that, you know, these are things that are going to be talked about in the history books and stuff, you know, and I think that's definitely could be the case. Um, but, uh, damn it. Um, I just saw that, but anyway, uh, we'll cut that out. But, um, anyway, uh, I really do think that, uh, this is a time for change just because there's so many corporations and the business community, I think in a big way is really rallied behind, uh, these movements. And over the past week, um, there's just been so much that has happened um, in tech, in advertising, uh, things to affect our industry um, within and without. Um, and I think that that's, that's kind of what we've come here to talk about today, right? Um, mm-hmm. I guess just as a, as a group, you know, we don't have a lot of big ads that we're calling out or really uh, working through. We still kind of want to take some time to process. And there hasn't been that much new work. Uh, to be coming out, certainly not a lot of uh, new social uh, this month. So, um, you know, from that perspective, we won't really have as much to talk about. But there's a lot of big things going on in the industry, big trends, I think, that maybe we can touch upon. And hopefully we have a good conversation today. And uh, you guys come away learning a little bit more and having more to think about. Because I think, again, it's it really is a time for reflection and figuring out where we stand uh, in this moment. Yeah, I mean, agreed. And I think um, you did a good job of hinting at what we're going to talk about. Um, I I think that that's kind of where we're at right now. Uh, We can get into the content soon. But for those of you who enjoy listening about the behind the scenes, you're getting a good amount of it today. Um, (laughs) But I mean, that's the the balance, right? I think. um, And like, even just on top of everything else, working the work from home situation has just been really interesting change as well. I think this is not an indictment on any one company, any one agency, anything. I think it's just a, a, a natural byproduct of tight timelines, harder ways of making things and being remote is that the hours are longer, the job is trickier and there's more problem solving and 
mm-hmm. uh, solution seeking things that need to happen, uh, which also makes it hard to do this on the side at the same time. I think the answer when there's not a lot of ads is to do more deep dives, but we don't ever want to bring something that we feel like isn't high quality. Um, we could post every day and it could be trash and that would probably help us in the algorithm, but we, <laughs> we want to want to bring something a little bit more high qual. So it, it might be that we're not posting every week. I think we're going to probably switch to every other week right now as we just try and listen more to what's going on and see if we can craft some more stuff with that extra time. Um, and hopefully you'll be okay with that. But um, I think with that in mind, let's, let's get into what we're talking about today, which is uh, Facebook. Um, started with the NAACP um, and their, their kind of campaign to stop hate for profit, uh, which is calling out um, Facebook and as a byproduct, Instagram's uh, ways of policing hate speech uh, and other uh, racist and hate inspiring language on the platform. You know, you've got your grandma who's posting a cat meme and you've got your friend who's posting a cat meme. And then there is the the white nationalist neo-Nazi who is posting some pretty fucked up shit. Um, and I think the balance is how do we find out when that's getting posted? How do we find out when something that's inciting violence is getting posted? When is something that's just blatantly incorrect or blatantly racist being posted? And how does Facebook see that tag it and, and get it off the platform? And it's, I mean, I don't know, honestly, like Zach Cole and I have spent two weeks trying to figure this out and it's not an answer that can be found in two weeks. I'll just tell you that. I think I speak for all three of us when we have opinions, we have thoughts. We also have a lot more that we need to learn and we're trying to continue to do that. So this is going to be a moving discussion and a moving target. But I think let's start by talking about the the protest here in the boycott. So far, over 500 companies have done it. Started with companies like REI, Unilever stepped in and made it a really big thing. Coca-Cola's talked about it. Microsoft quietly stopped doing it. Um, Verizon as another. Um, but it's tricky because so far, at least, man, as of, it's such a moving target too, even just the research. But, but as of a couple days ago, I think only three of the top 100 advertisers on Facebook had done it. And so you have big companies doing it, but there becomes a tricky balance of, you know, so much of Facebook's income comes from the small to medium sized businesses that I worry that maybe this won't make an impact on Facebook's bottom line, but it does do, do a great job of starting the conversation, bringing more awareness to it. Um, and Cole and Zach, I kind of wanted to just put this on you and let, let's start talking about the actual issue itself, what's going on, and then kind of share our thoughts on it too, from an advertising perspective. Uh-huh. Yeah, totally. Um, I think that you kind of covered the the quick bases there pretty well, but I feel like um, you know it's we've we've seen Facebook in the spotlight a lot over the past few years, um, and I think not always in the best light. Um, you know, people kind of talk about this being sort of like a tech clash and stuff, and people kind of really taking a look at what these platforms are doing. And I mean, because I think the pandemic has really shown how big a part of our lives they really are mm-hmm. and how much they can really affect people's lives, you know, through the spreading of misinformation and all this stuff um, that's been going on surrounding it. And I mean, obviously this is more of a racial issue here um, and Facebook not really stepping up uh, to do much, um, really, really anything to help, change their platform and i think the biggest thing that you've seen is that 
all of these other tech companies and social media companies in particular have really stepped up over the past week to, you know, kind of stand up against, um, it's, it's kind of hard to say like our president in a way, you know, a lot of, uh, that kind of subset that a lot of his most fervent followers, but that's really what's happened here. I mean, you see, um, you know, Twitch, the, uh, account that I work on, we, uh, they banned, uh, they banned, uh, the Donald's, uh, Twitter, uh, his, his Twitch account. So Donald Trump's Twitter, uh, Twitch account, sorry, not Twitter, uh, Twitter's doing other things, but they banned his Twitch account. Um, and they also banned, uh, Dr. Disrespect, which is one of the biggest, he's one of the biggest streamers on, uh, Twitch. Um, but he, it's really unclear as to why um, they dropped him at this point. But yeah, again, it's still a mystery, right? I mean, yeah, it's still, that was it's a still big a thing. But technically, as of this point, but do you um, think it's related? There or? Some, well, there had been some abuse uh, issues on the platform. That's kind of what Twitch has been under fire for, really, over the last couple weeks. Is um, mm-hmm. uh, people, you know, citing abuse on the platform, um, you know, lots of trolling, um, you know, th- things like that, uh, you know, women and LGBT, um, Q, uh, streamers have, have faced some, some issues. So I think that the platform is working to address those things, but again, there's no clear path forward. Um, you know, Reddit did something similar. They banned, uh, the Donald last week, the Donald subreddit, mm-hmm. which had been um, a couple I thousand guess, other ones too. Yeah. Inciting hate speech as well. Um, and so, I mean, I feel like it's people are, you know, taking a look around and seeing where these issues are happening. And if anything, you know, we're starting to see change in these places. And I mean, I think the reason that on Facebook, this feels so much bigger too, is that especially with this pandemic, we're spending so much more time on these platforms that they feel like, they feel like they are speech, you know, in so much more of a way than they ever were. Um, that I feel like this is all having an impact. And also too, I just want to say, I, I feel like also the reason that all of this is happening right now, I don't know, you guys can weigh in on this too, um, is just because um, there's no live sports, you know? I feel like so much of this is that people don't have anything to get distracted by, you know? We're still talking about this in a way that, normally i think we would have moved on and in some ways the news media has moved on from the protests and whatnot but um you know without any like kind of like live sports to distract people you know there's still protests going on there's still all of these things that are happening yeah Um, and i think it has gained steam i think in a big way yeah i think it's a good point you bring up i think just to clarify too because i understood what you said but just to make it clear not obviously the 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 issues with Facebook and the protest of Facebook has, has arisen due to its relation to how it's handled a lot of racially sensitive issues and how they've handled them poorly. But a big reason why the con- conversation is continuing is because there's a lack of anything else in society right now to distract us and fortunately has allowed us to collectively be able to have a strong sense of focus on this important issue, um, which is good. And I, I totally agree with you there. Um, I think it, it is an a question of how did we get here to your point of like Facebook is a speech platform now, which is really interesting and and something that I don't think is even really a good thing um, that it's gotten to this point. I do want to 
wind back a little bit too and just give a little bit more context to on the NAACP's cause with this. Um, as I realized, I kind of got into it quickly, but if you go to stophateforprofit.org, um, you can learn more about it. Uh, their initial response, their initial statement, uh, the participating businesses, their next steps, any updates, and how you can get involved too. Um, and they've got 10 points relating to accountability, decency, and support on the platform. Everything from wanting to have someone in the C-suite dedicated to looking at diversity and how different ways of structuring the company, structuring the platform itself can help to not alienate people of uh, minority backgrounds, um, some of which Facebook has already done. But I think the question becomes, how do you implement those policies? And that's kind of what groups in here is Facebook has over a billion users. So suddenly, especially when, to your point, Cole, we're all stuck at home. We're all trolling social media right now, looking for something to do. We can only watch TikTok so much. We can only watch Netflix so much. Um, so we're, we're talking a lot more. And then when you have major events happening like a pandemic and social justice reform, you have people who want to talk about it. And so people can't talk in their own circles. So they're either tweeting about it or they're going to Facebook. You know, I'd argue more people should pick up a phone and talk with a friend. But um, that's where the conversations are happening now. So you have a billion people on the platform. It's not like Facebook doesn't have the mechanics in place to try and look at this. But when you have a, over a billion people, I mean, if you think about it, even if Facebook with their like programmatic tagging misses like 1% of the stuff, that's like thousands of mistakes every day that show up if you assume everyone's posting at least one thing. Like, so it, it kind of gets into such a mess that like, I think that's why it's hard to find an answer forward. I think, you know, but it, it's something I kind of want to put forth to back to you, Cole, and to you, Zach, too, of like, how do you think we got here? And what do you think could be done and, and talk a little bit more too about why advertisers would not be wanting to be involved on the platform. Uh, aside from the fact that Facebook hasn't handled recent situations well, if you think about it, like we had this conversation back in 2017 about brand safety, you know, it, particularly with YouTube at the time when you had ads being shown up in front of ISIS videos. Um, but even still, like no one wants to have their ad show up next to a racist meme. Uh, you know, it's it it's just <laughs> it's kind of a mess. Um, there are fact checking things that work. I mean, sometimes it'll show up and link something to Snopes. But if it doesn't use the right hashtag or algorithm, like keywords that it's keying in on, it can miss it. Like I can see something about a World War Z video being spread on Twitter saying it's a protest and get the Snopes thing that no, in fact, that is false. And even the original tweeter said it was a joke. Guys, how'd you buy this? But then I see something about a tweet about AOC saying that you know, uh, the government needs to stay locked down until past November so that Trump loses because of the economy. And I can think to myself as someone who wants to think about things critically and say, that doesn't seem like something a politician would tweet. Let me look it up. And I can do an independent fact check and find that that is a falsified image. But Facebook doesn't pick that one up. So it, it's kind of a mess of like, how do you one, solve this behemoth of a platform? But but two, how did we get here? And and why do advertisers not want to be involved beyond just making a statement now about social issues that need to be supported? But even in the long term picture, outside of just issues with race, it, it's a big issue that needs to be looked at if we're going to be advertising on it. So I want to put that back on you. It's a lot, but let's kind of bite into it here and, and talk some more. Oh, definitely. I yeah. think so I, you kind of had the 
two December questions that you asked there. And I think in terms of how did we get here, obviously it's muddy and it's complicated, but in particular, why is Facebook so much more of a target than these other platforms? We just mentioned Twitch. We just mentioned Reddit. We mentioned Twitter. Um, why is Facebook the, the one that all the attention is on one because it's the biggest, that's the easy, simple answer as to why there's so much focus on Facebook, but two predominantly has a lot to do with Mark Zuckerberg. Um, whereas we've seen Jack Dorsey and I, I don't know the, the founders of all of these, so I'm not going to be able to name any others besides Jack Dorsey, who is the founder of Twitter. But as we've just spoken to, as, as you mentioned, Cole and Trent, um, these other platforms have been quite active in the past couple weeks uh, particularly in the past couple weeks as this has really ramped up, but have been quite active in trying to find new ways forward, trying to figure out what's the right approach that they need to take to, to curb this problem that obviously when we created these platforms, we didn't come up with the right safeguards. And now that there's billions of people around the world collectively using all of these different social media platforms, it's a really big issue that we need to figure out how to confront hate speech and confront misinformation and confront all of the issues that we're feeling and facing on these platforms moving forward. Whereas the majority of those people have at least admitted to their mistakes or tried to find ways to go forward, Zuckerberg has taken a different approach. He has always stood by the notion that Facebook itself should not be the one to regulate some of this stuff, at least as severely as other people have have said it. I know we still have, like you you mentioned, Trent, before we started talking through this, uh, when you were looking up their, their actual policies, like they have a lot of policies in place to stop some of these things. But even on a larger level, when we're getting into these more powerful people, like the president, where we've got some groups, and, and, and for instance, like Twitter has been starting to label some of the president's things, and, and, and we know the president loves Twitter. He's gotten very mad at that happening. Um, Facebook has taken a different approach. And a lot of that has to do with Mark Zuckerberg's stance in being more neutral and wanting people like you just mentioned, Trent, to do their own research and thinking that Facebook should not be, what does he say? The arbiter of, of truth. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's how exactly something how to that. Yeah. Is. But just there's been so much attention on him because he has taken this different approach to it. Um, and I don't think I necessarily like that approach as much. It's such a, it's such a fine line. Um, because I, I don't want to say that everything he's saying has no merit because it, I see why you wouldn't want a, a company as powerful as Facebook to also be the company that's regulating our speech, but they have to be doing something for that exact same reason. Like that's a double-edged sword because they are one of the very few people on planet earth that has the power to do something about it. So that's why you have this sort of conundrum here where on one hand, you've got the leader of the company saying, I don't want to get involved in this because we're so powerful and we shouldn't be the ones to tell you what is true and what is not true. And on the other hand, they're one of the very few people, companies, organizations, groups on earth that has the ability to make a real difference, especially in light of the fact that so many people are on the platform and so many people go to it for information. And we know that now 
they need to step up in that regard to make sure that this sort of stuff isn't getting spread because that's where people are. And they're one of the only organizations that has the power to do something about it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's, it's tricky too. Cause it's, you, you, I mean, you started hinting at it, but if you have a company that has this platform for speech and then they're the ones that are patrolling it, then it becomes tricky too. Cause on one side, it makes perfect sense that the company that has it should be the one that's supervising it. But then that's when you have people start feeling like there are shadow bands and you have people that are thinking it biases against one group or, or, or another, and you have people losing faith on that platform. So from the business's perspective, that is a really tricky spot to be in. And that's kind of what you already have happening. I mean, both Republicans and Democrats have <laughs> taken Facebook and other social media platforms to Congress to testify against bias in its platforms. And and they focus on the political aspects, not even just racial bias too, which has happened and Facebook has dealt with issues. But it's it's tricky. And I, and I think too, part of it is a, a little bit of a look in the mirror for the country too, of like, we have so many big tech monopolies right now. It's like, when you let a company like Facebook, which is supposed to be a platform for just sharing memes and updates, and you let them acquire all these other big businesses and become so involved in the fabric of our society at this point, suddenly every issue on the platform feels like a crisis uh, because it is integrated in so many different ways with the country and society as itself, which makes it tricky. Um, Cole, I know I heard you talking there, so I want to pass it back to you. Oh, no, totally. It's... Um... I think, yeah, there's kind of two ways to look at it. Since um, I like to your point, Trent, like the actual, the actual task, you know, that, that Facebook and other platforms, you know, need to be doing or, you know, say they're doing or should be doing, you know, kind of the act of content moderation, I think is a big part of this, you know, and um, like, to be frank, I feel like really these companies just don't want to make the investment to really build that out in a big way um, where it would be effective. Um, because, you know, even when you think about a company like Facebook, that they operate in so many different, you know, pretty much every country around the world has Facebook besides, you know, China and a few other places. But like, pretty much, you know, Facebook is like so many people in the world's portal to the internet that, um, and, and they really don't spend enough on doing content moderation. And the people that do have to do content moderation, it's like almost like a traumatizing sort of event. I mean, you're Dude, yeah. watching literally thousands of videos of people, you know, doing horrible things, you know, committing suicide, all of these things that, you know, we don't want to be seeing in our feeds every day but is out there. You know? I forget um, where it was, but to your point, there was an article that came out, I think it was related to YouTube back 2017, 2016 era, that was like literally talking about, maybe it was Facebook, the people that are manually reviewing that. Mm-hmm. And it, it's just, it's sad, man, the mental health issues among them, just of what they have to deal with. It's, it's, it's tough. Well, exactly. And it's even from that perspective, because they tried to build AIs and, and things to be able to catch these, and, and they can do some of the work, but the, admittedly, right now, they're doing most of the work. And so I think it's it's just really hard for Facebook and companies like that to keep up. And so like we even talk about whether or not this is something that can be done. But um, I think it's clearly something that needs to be done better. Um, yeah. So I think that that's one thing there, because clearly that wasn't. And, and 
And to that point, too, if you have Zuckerberg saying, you know, we're not going to monitor political speech, we're not going to do all these things, you know, he's really trying to take that hands off approach and appeal more to, you know, the conservative side of things. Um, But, you know, I think he still does have a responsibility to police the platform in some ways, um, just in the sense that, you know, things like, and again, I brought up kind of more you know, developing countries and things like that, where Facebook is really the internet in a big way. Um, And I think that it shows in those countries specifically on how um, Facebook really doesn't do a lot to monitor speech there. That makes sense, yeah. You know, oppressive governments to put stuff out there and they don't check it and things like that. And, you know, it's you kind of run into more of those questions, a little bit larger maybe than what we're, talking about here but um the point being i think the platform needs to take more responsibility um and again like you're saying trent i think this whole pandemic and everything has just really shown how big these companies are in our lives and you know how much of an effect they really do take and um you know again it's like and then where do we fall as advertisers you know from like a business perspective i think that you know all of these companies it's, it's a mixed bag in a way, because as everyone knows, ad spend is way down right now. Um, you know, people, um, advertisers and brands just aren't uh, putting as much out there. Um, you know, one, as you said, with the pandemic and everything, and two, with um, the media environment as fraught as it is right now, you know, having a big brand reveal at the moment is kind of a hard thing to do. Um so I think admittedly, too, we look at all these companies that have, you know, quote unquote, boycotted Facebook. And I think that it really has less to do with that than the point that, OK, where can they strike something off of their um, advertising docket, you know, out, out of their budget this uh, this quarter? You know, I think exactly some, some made that call to be Facebook, you know, I think in a big way. And I think that's. You know, Trent, you alluded to it, but only three of their top 100 advertisers have dropped out. And um, one thing about Facebook, too, is they're actually made up primarily of small businesses. So they actually make most of their money off small businesses. The top 100 advertisers on Facebook only make up somewhere around 25% of the total uh, revenue that's brought in. And well, I so you- actually, here's the thing too, yeah. I can hop in here because I was just looking at this too. I have some more recent numbers from Brian Fung at yeah. CNN yeah. too, who dives into right. that. And it's, even, right. it's, it's even worse than that, which is crazy, I think. So Brian Fung over at CNN talks that the highest spending 100 brands accounted for 4.2 billion of Facebook's advertising last year in 2019. But out of the whole amount of money they made in ad revenue, that's only 6%, <laughs> which is absolutely insane. Yeah. So exactly. if if all of the big brand advertisers on Facebook quit, they could still have more than 90% of their revenue. So like when you look at it, it's like there's over 7 million people advertising on that platform. And so I, I think it's tricky because like I think if anyone's sitting here thinking that boycotting Facebook is going to make a huge impact because of the boycott itself? I think the answer is no. But, and we've talked about this in other areas too, but like, I think you have to look at the secondary impact of that boycott. I think the boycott 
is going to be most effective because it's causing us to have more of a conversation around these issues. It's a hard issue to solve. I don't, I don't know how you do it, you know, like, especially when it's like, okay, clearly that's not going to make an impact on Facebook's bottom line. And that assumes that none of these people will show up again onto the platform, but it's tricky. And so like, I, I, I just using, keeping that in mind too, Cole, as you continue your conversation, I think I want to hear more about what you're thinking there. And then two, let's talk about this from an advertiser's perspective too. Cause I think there's an interesting question here of, is it worth like Unilever who ranked 30th spending 42.4 million on Facebook ads? Like do, is it worth them even coming back to the platform based on the issues we have there? Or do we think they'll be back here again in a, a couple months? And see, I think that's, that's a big issue there. Um, whether or not they'll be back. And I think that that's definitely true. You know, Again, we have a dip in spend across the industry right now. People can take advantage of that and say that they're, you know, taking a stand, doing whatever. But I would imagine pretty much all of these brands are going to be back because even still, we we look at where money's going right now, and more a larger share of advertisers' money is going to Facebook now. Um, you yeah. know, people I think on the whole are are doing less, but you know that's. One of the channels, I remember I had heard that when uh, Quibi, when March Madness was canceled, Quibi moved all of their uh, TV spend into social, literally just moved it into social. So, <laughs> you know, it's, that's, they've been getting even more money, I think, than, than uh, they usually have been. Um, so I, I don't know about the long-term impact of it, but I think that you're right that, you know, these are conversations we're having you know, whereas how far has Facebook fallen from, you know, where they were five years ago versus like after the social network versus after Cambridge Analytica, after now this as well. I feel like Facebook <laughs> is really taking its lumps, you know, over the past few years. And it's really shown, I think, our public opinion of them is people on the whole, I think, don't like Facebook. At, like, not... I mean, not like everyone still uses it and everything, but um, I think that there's kind of a mutual distrust and dislike, I think, of a lot of the things with the platform. And I think that this is, again, just contributing to that. And you look at, okay, where's, where are things going in the future? You know, this could affect the platform, you know, 10 years down the line if, you know, everyone in our generation or... Um, you know, within a lot of groups are turned off by Facebook now. Um, that can be, lead to real problems for them uh, in the long run. But I mean, it's like that. Um, they still have Instagram. But I think that, you know, from an advertiser's perspective, I think we just want to hope that, you know, we're able to draw attention to this issue now, even if it probably won't be able to be sustained. Um, a sustained boycott, I think, is not likely. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing is like, if if you want to even talk about it long term, I mean, I, I will just be honest, like, I, I fully support the, the boycott, I support the movement, I support the ideas behind it. It's hard for me to not look at it from an advertiser's perspective, and not be cynical and feel like to your point, Cole, as you're starting to, to get at that, uh, there are some brands who are doing it to be on the right side of history and the right side of change, but then there are others that are doing it opportunistically to be on the right side of culture at this moment because it aligns with their budgetary needs anyway. Um, and I don't know, it's just hard to imagine that 
everyone's in it for the right reasons. And and I think too, like that said, I understand why brands wouldn't want to be on it in the first place. We've kind of gotten to this point here where you have, if you look at like what advertising used to be and Cole, from a media perspective, you probably have more info of this on me. So feel free to chime in, but you had TV, which was the be all end all, you know, you had print, you had out of home, uh, like direct mailer stuff. And, and that was kind of it. You know what I mean? You would, you would put a phone number on the TV ad or the billboard. People would call it. And then by calling that number, you could say which people came from the ad versus which people just found a number anyway, because you have different numbers. You do stuff like that. Um, and these are all these kind of mass reach things. And then Facebook came along and Google came along. And suddenly it's, hey, we have cookies. We have pixels. We can track interests. We can track usage. And we can see what people might fit into a certain demographic you want to target. And it got super hyper-targeted that for a lot of brands, and, and that's why you see one, because it's so cost-effective, but two, you know, because of Facebook's auction system. And then two, because it is so targeted, you have all these smaller brands that are just putting all of their spend into Facebook, Instagram, basic social media alone, um, which, which makes it tough. I think, you know, that's kind of what's gotten us here to this point. But now, like, you know, if you go to transparency.facebook.com, you can see a lot of what Facebook has been doing. And it's interesting. You know, you take it with a certain grain of salt because it's coming from the platform itself. But, you know, they talk about how in, in the first quarter of 2020 alone, they removed 9.6 million pieces of hate speech from Facebook, uh, which is like, holy shit, that's insane. And you figure we're mad about the ones that got through that people did still see. And there were already 9.6 million removed. So like from an advertising perspective, like truthfully, I don't know that I would want my brand on that platform anyway. I get that it's hyper-targeted. I get that it's cheaper, more cost-effective because they're auction-based system for buying and placing ads. You, know, you put in what you're willing to get an ad at, and then you're essentially bidding against other companies. And if you bid more, then you're getting it. And it's, it's tricky because like, I, I, honestly, like there's always going to be like, articles that are shared. That's why it's like, if you're looking at doing like a takeover platform, like say I want to put something like an ad takeover for display on like the Wall Street Journal. I generally know what types of articles are going to be put on the Wall Street Journal front page. So as long as my brand is comfortable with being around those general types of articles, I'll put those ads there. If I put the ad on Facebook or Instagram, I don't know what's going to show up with. I think even back to when everyone was posting the black square a couple weeks ago on Instagram, Dude, every brand that was advertising alongside of that showed up clear as day among all the black squares. And I was like, it's kind of a bad look for you to be advertising your platform. It looks like you're kind of taking advantage of this situation, even if it's not the intent yeah. of those brands. So it, my question, Cole, is like, what, what are, you know, we, I've, I've hinted at some of the benefits and Zach, I've hinted at some of the benefits. But like, personally, just as a brand person thinking from brand safety, I don't even think it's worth being on these platforms right now um, with that in mind. So that's that's where I'm curious of like, Obviously, some will come back. It's a great way to reach people. But should we be looking at other ways and mediums as advertisers that we can help brands break through? It's hard because we can't do in-person events. Out of home doesn't really have a purpose right now, except for the places that are somewhat reopened. Um, it's tricky, but it's just the question to have of like, is this even where we want to be dedicating like 40 to 60 percent of spend? I think that's just the hard question. I think that what brands have always done is they've always just prioritized targeting and i think that you know that's that's been a price that you know they've been willing to pay i think in a big 
in a lot of ways. Um, you know, and, and you talk about, okay, yeah, is this, you know, okay, do I really not want to have my ad here because I'm worried it's going to be, you know, close to hate speech or close to some sort of article that's really, you know, uh, really abrasive or, you know, some really ter- other terrible ad or video. Um, and I think that that's something that a lot of brands do worry about. Um, but I don't think that that fear, I mean, Yes, there have been some instances where there have been some really terrible stuff out there. Someone has had an ad before it, and there's been backlash against the brand. But as you said, I mean, Facebook is catching 9.6 million pieces of content there still. And I mean, for the most part, your ads are probably going to be showing next to things. You don't know exactly what it's going to be, but um, they are... You know, I, I think that most brands are still willing to take the risk there, especially with something like Facebook, where it's like, okay, you know, there, there were questions about like YouTube, I know, for a long time. Um, and some advertisers were worried about that and were pulling out, um, you know, a couple of years ago. Um, but I don't think it's quite gotten to that point with Facebook yet, just because everyone is still on it and using it. You know, it, it's that's that's kind of the thing with Facebook is that they have the scale, you know, um, 2.8, 2.7 billion people use the platform. And so, I mean, it just allows them to have so much more advanced targeting um, and ad solutions than any other um, social media company. I know just working from, again, from the more media perspective, from the buying perspective, okay, how are we going to build this campaign um, Facebook has a lot of really good tools to do that, um, more than any other social media site. Um, and they're, and again, their targeting is just better too. Um, and so that's why people use it. And I think that people will continue to use it just because of that scale. Um, that's kind of, again, the unfortunate thing about it is, um, you know, if there's still this many people on the platform, people are still going to want to use it. Um, but I think that there's a lot of other options for, advertisers and i think that it gives us all an opportunity to think through things a little bit more and i think that you're right trent in the sense that you know brands and advertisers that want to be kind of maybe on more of the right side of of things here or maybe even just thinking a little bit through your media strategy a little bit more too and like how can i really make the best use of these dollars um and maybe it's finding more targeted approaches in moving off of facebook i know uh, and again, it's another sort of problematic partner in some ways, but um, Reddit is one where we've seen a lot of success recently um, with that platform, you know, and I think that there are a lot of other ways that you can use sites and programmatic in ways that mirrors um, more of the things that you're able to do on social, but mm-hmm. still for the cost effectiveness um, that you're able to get with, with Facebook and whatnot, it's, it's still just really hard to beat, you know? Um, that's kind of, you know, the thing it's like, you know, not using, choosing to use Google, you know, that's, that's a, <laughs> that's a big move, you know, and, uh, yeah. that limits who you're going to be able to reach. And unfortunately, Facebook is kind of a similar thing just cause, you know, too, they have Instagram, um, mm-hmm. and you know, in other markets, they have WhatsApp, um, and messenger, you know, messenger ads are a big, big thing as well. Um. Yeah. So that's that was, that was kind of another piece. But yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I think the future is a little bit more bleak, but I hope that 
advertisers again and uh, people involved in building out those media strategies think a little bit more thoroughly and maybe, you know, maybe instead of giving Facebook $200 million this year, you'll just give them a hundred million, you know? Yeah. And, and spread <laughs> it across, you know? <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. Zach, I want to hear from you. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah. I've been listening a lot. I've got a couple things that I'm going to derail this conversation right now. Just kidding. It's not going to get derailed. I, I, I don't know if that is safe to assume that this conversation was ever on the rails in yeah. the first place. Yeah. Well, I might listen talking, to this when I'm editing and just be like, oh, God. I mean, this is when I listen to the discussion you guys are just having for the past couple of minutes, a few things come up, but predominantly the connection that I'm making or the, 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 the thing that we're talking about is bigger than advertising. We're talking inherently about capitalism. Um, see, I told you I was going to derail it, but we truthfully are like inherently <laughs> capitalism by nature is for profit. That's, that's what the theory is. You know what I mean? That's when you get into, will companies leave Facebook if it's the cheapest option gives them the most reach to make more money? Like that's idealistically, that's what capitalism is. And we're especially in America, a pretty capitalistic society and that's what we're challenging here. That's why that's, that's why this is such a, a difficult issue. And that's why it's hard for you to say it. That's why we're, we're so, so many brands will not take that leap. They will not sacrifice their profits in order to make change. That's inherently not what capitalism is. And that's the biggest flaw of capitalism. You know what I mean? Is, is that profit trumps everything else. That's, that's always been the, the moral dilemma. And yeah, we within a society approach yeah we live in a society now where some brands especially the ones that are super powerful at the top have enough capital to start to redirect those funds they have enough wealth they've accumulated enough power on their platforms money in their bank accounts to actually use it for something other than profit to actually do something to make the world a more equalized place and it just comes down to if that will actually be what people do. And you mm -hmm. talk again about the top hundred advertisers only accounting for 6% of Facebook's um, profit each year or revenue each year. Um, and that's disturbing because those hundred companies are the ones that have the monetary backing to do yeah, this. Exactly. This <laughs> happen. You know what I mean? And so when you're looking at it from that standpoint and we've got a pandemic going on and we've got small businesses that are struggling and they need to find the cheapest way to reach the most people effectively in order to keep their doors open, they're not going to sacrifice their business to do that. And yeah. if that's where 92%, 93% of revenue is coming from for Facebook, that is relatively solid, you know? And yep. so then it becomes more of a question of, okay, we've got 6%, 7% of this of these top hundred advertisers who can use their money for good, but that's not necessarily enough from just a monetary standpoint. So mm -hmm. then it starts to get into what sort of power from a brand standpoint do these large players have? And this is sort of what we talked about last week when we originally were having this discussion guys is like monetarily, it's not going to hurt Facebook that much most likely, but the, the brands that are standing up against them, do have a lot of power, do have a lot of like, do have large platforms and influence in society. And if we can continuously see them allocate funds elsewhere, 
I'm sure the public will start to understand their process. And we need that. It's super important that we start to see companies, if we really want to get better, we need to start seeing companies use some of that wealth for good. Because if that doesn't happen, nothing is going to change. The problem with that yeah. is that capitalism by nature does not allow for that to happen. It's not well, It's not supposed to. That goes against the grain of what the system is designed to do. So I agree with you. I have two points I want to kind of bring up that go off of that. I think the first one, another thing that capitalism dictates or assumes too is competition. And I think that that's one of the biggest issues here is I don't know that I can actually sit here and say that, you know, I can talk all all day long about how a combination of TV and social is better for long-term brand building and perception building as opposed to just using one or the other. But I can't sit here and say that Facebook has a real competitor right now, maybe Google, but I think we're all more attuned to social media ads as opposed to seeing a, a link, you know what I mean? Through like, or like a display banner. Um, because they're a little bit, we've tuned them out more, you know, so I, I don't necessarily know that there is a competitor of Facebook right now, which also hurts the situation. I think it'll be interesting to see what happens with some of the conversations happening in Washington right now around big tech monopolies and how that looks if they're broken up. Antitrust. And, yeah, exactly. Uh, and and this, the second piece of that is um, one that I totally forgot. So I'm a bow out for a second. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that does bring up just just that first yeah. point that brings up like antitrust laws. And, and we're starting to get to the point where these companies are getting so, so big that they might get broken up, you know, and yeah. that'll <clears throat> potentially, depending on how it happens, actually make a different stock. <laughs> and you want to and you want to hope too, you know, I think, um, I mean, you look at companies like big tobacco or other other things like that. And of course, like, okay, tobacco is obviously super powerful within the country and like still makes a, a like a, a fuck ton of money but like they that business model was made un less profitable because people were alerted to the dangers of smoking you know yeah like that and people just started smoking less you know and you just have to figure that I think that the way that capitalism still works in a way that as, you know, as you're saying, uh, Zach, that, you know, in the end, it's to make a profit to compete with one another, um, making a profit, you know, if it behooves the company to support these movements, if we as consumers speak up and saying that this is what we want. And I mean, again, I think that really what's happening with this whole social movement is we've hit a critical mass here where it hurts brands more to not support these movements than mm-hmm. to stand idly by, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, maybe there's the whole thing of like the silent majority that, yeah, we don't really know what's going on here. But I think at the same time, the reason that brands are reacting to this is because they're seeing data that's showing them that yeah, they're consuming that They have millions of billions know? of dollars they invest every year to learn more about consumers, <laughs> more exactly. than we even know. Exactly. Yeah. And that's like, I think we, we know, even going back to the uh, Nike uh, Colin Kaepernick ad, you know, that was a decision that they made as a company saying that, okay, you look at our, our, the people who buy our shoes, you know, the people that don't buy our shoes, what are their leanings? How do they feel? Where do they live? How old are they? You know, and we can take this risk here. You know, and I think that a lot of brands now, they're taking a harder look and maybe alienating more people um, 
you know, again, maybe not the best example, but, you know, the thing that Bezos posted uh, a couple weeks ago where there was some Amazon shopper that was angry about them putting Black Lives Matter banners on the site. And, you know, he said, oh, you know, this is not the customer that we want in our company. You know, more people are comfortable saying that. Um, I think the question just becomes then how much of it is performative and then which companies are really, though, leading the way and making a difference here, Mm -hmm. I think is really where we start to go with it. But kind of going back to the capitalism point, like your point, Zach, I think that, you know, capitalism is inherently designed to to make profit. And that's not going to change in the end what these companies are going to want and do. We just as consumers and as like citizens, I think we just stand up and say, okay, these are the values that we will and won't stand for in terms of, you know, how you do business. And Mm -hmm. we have to kind of hold that, I think, to the social contract because, you know, again, in our capitalist society, money talks. And so we have to make those decisions, not necessarily our government's going to step in. Yeah, yeah. That's (laughs) a weird thing we're in now where, for better or worse, the brands are our politicians. (laughs) They are our... uh, monetarily elected representatives because they are the ones that have all of the money and influence to be able to enact some of these changes or bring voice to some of these changes. It's like any protest is not about the individual themselves enacting the change. It's about drawing enough attention to an issue to get people who have the ability to make change aware and involved. And it's, it's a weird thing that we've led ourselves into. I remember the second point, I'm just going to drop it in here really quick for discussion, but we talked about before we started recording about the fact that Netflix has you know, taken $100 million of its money and put it into uh, Black-owned banks, which is awesome because then you have that money going to, well, generally, they're more willing to give money to minorities, especially those from the Black community, which is awesome because you're getting a little bit more of a wealth disparity there, or um, wealth, not disparity, Um it's spreading it around a little bit. I totally fucked up those words, but it's okay. We'll keep moving. Um, But in the same way, like when you have a a company that's only putting spend on Facebook, well, you're only funding that one thing. And I think it does require us to look at in a similar way, just as we should be doing our research to learn more about businesses and talent and people that come from different backgrounds than the one we're aware of, which for me as a white person is generally white people. Um, I think it's also important for businesses to look at let's do the extra legwork of researching different platforms that it may not have as big of a reach. It may not be as targeted, but it may be more involved with our demographic anyway. And you can distribute money around more. And that way you're not relying on just one thing. And as a result, you're kind of helping keep the general ad economy healthy in a way too, because you're, you're spreading that money around more and you're, you're helping more potential competitors grow up in the industry too. Money talks. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, if we get lazy and only give it to one thing, that we get in trouble, which is where we are. Yeah. This book. Well, and that's that's truthfully what we're saying when you say like consumers do truthfully have the power, and it, we do have to use our wallets to show where we want that money to go, to show where we want funds to to be spent. You know, like that's that it's it's true. Like when you get down to it, it's one hundred percent true because, like you said, Cole brands are going to act in the interest of profit back to what I was saying about capitalism. And they're going to do the research to see what's going to help them with their demographic be more profitable. So if their demographic is saying this is what they want to see, they're going to support that because it's inherently in their best interest as well. And that's when it gets so important for the consumer, the individual consumer to recognize 
that they actually do have a role to play in this and that they can through how they spend their money and the brands that they choose to associate with help inflict change, help make these things come to fruition. And I think that's the importance also of having a boycott less. So is it the monetary value of their revenue, but more so it is if you're seeing all of these brands that you support make a statement about this, you might start to question the value of those the value of Facebook is what I, is what I'm trying to get at. You might start to yeah. like their brand image will continue to deteriorate in favor of this collective group of the top 100 brands on Facebook or just the most recognizable brands in the world that are speaking out against them. And yeah. as the brand value of those brands speaking out against them goes up and the brand value of Facebook begins to deteriorate, more and more people will start to recognize why advertising on that platform only is bad or why they need to make changes in order to help make this better and more equal for everyone, so on and so forth. And as that happens, hopefully the money will start to follow and that cycle will be broken and we'll actually be able to, to make something yeah. out of it. And I think to your point, Zach, cause I totally agree. I think the hard thing about, and I want to say this carefully because I don't want it to come across differently than I intend, but the, the, the tricky thing about society, and, and, and a large part of it is due to social media, but also due to the rise of technology, is we've become so conditioned, and this isn't a new point, but we've become so conditioned to expect instant gratification. And the very blunt truth of the matter is that in America, we live in a country that was designed to not be um, very effective in its government because they felt like a effective government was a threat to freedom. And so we have a lot of really outdated processes. We have a lot of things that take a long time to implement. And so sadly, change takes a long time. If you want something to go to the Supreme Court, it takes a good while to get there, right? And so when we see issues like this, we want that instant change. And I think to this point, unfortunately, and it's a problem, and it's a problem that I'm complicit in. It's a problem that I think all of us here are complicit in. But traditionally, a lot of these issues happen and we expect the instant gratification and then we kind of, it, we just let it disappear. And I think mm-hmm. change with these things happens over time. And I think the important place that advertising holds in that and as, us as advertisers is it really is our job at this point to keep this going, to continue this conversation. Cole, you mentioned earlier about how the news cycle has kind of shifted away from protests. The protests are still going on. I get notifications about it every night. I see them. I see stuff uh, in downtown. And but it's now talking about coronavirus. It's like both of those are important. It's our job as advertisers to talk right now and continue the conversation about the place Facebook has in this environment and to continue to explore different options so that over time, to your point, Zach, we can get that perception change and we can have a more equitable advertising space as far as platforms to buy and, and sell ads on. Um, but it requires us to hold ourselves accountable more so than even Facebook to keep bringing up the conversation each day. And if we can do that, I, I do think we can have change over time. To that point, we haven't been able to yet, but I'm, I'm hopeful. Mm-hmm. I think I think that's definitely I think that's definitely key. Is you know again not dropping this issue and letting it you know letting it fall by the wayside because then it's like yeah then brands and other places can get away with doing some performative piece and then forget and then we forget about it and it doesn't matter. But I think that. Again, to your point there, it's it's important that we keep up we keep up the pressure and that, you know, these changes are more permanent, you know. Yeah. I think, I think 
I mean, every time we build that media plan, you know what I mean? Whether it's a small business or a large global company, you know, we have an opportunity to think. It's the same thing with like bringing in new talent into the industry too. Like, I mean, you know, shit is like, I'm not a creative, Zach. I feel like you could probably speak to this more too, but like as a white person, if I'm asked to think of some talent we want to bring in, some artists we want to put in a spot, it's like, I'm going to go to my immediate realm of influence it's my responsibility to look past that realm of influence and find people who are equally qualified and equally mm-hmm. talented, if not more so, and bring them all in. So there's a broader perspective there. And it's just kind of the same thing with media plans, right? Is, um, you know, doing a little bit more research, finding those partnerships that could be a little bit more unique. And, you know, it, it, it's ultimately best for the brand too, which is how we get that capitalism to work where we're, <laughs> we're finding the balance of what is the best way to keep this as competitive as possible. And, and, and generally speaking, as a result, more equitable as possible, uh, while also still helping the brands. And it's a really weird line to walk, especially in a time like right now. But I think advertising has awoken something in me a little bit right now, because I do see that we have a platform and we have an ability to enact change in that way, you know, which is the longer term way. But, you know, I, I think all, all sides of it are important there. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, and all of and and the thing is though too, we talk about why are these companies so powerful? You know, the Google and the Facebooks of the world, um, and I mean, it's because of ads, right? I mean, it's because yeah. they are the biggest ad markets. You know, all of this money, as you said, Trent, that used to go into print, that used to go into TV, um, you know, goes into these platforms now, and so I mean, we are. Though, you know, that's not always the advertiser's decision of, or the agency's decision as to where to put the money. That's also true. Um, yeah, exactly. But we are, we are the ones creating this in a way. So I think that we also are uniquely in a position to think more, um, more equitably about these things and hopefully do the right thing. And I mean, um, one story that I know that you brought up to us, Trent, um, last week was with Periscope. Um, and their agency oh, stepping I, t- up. I meant to talk about that at the start of yeah. this. Oh man. I was going to say there. Yeah. That, that was a great story, you know, and obviously to talking about Netflix, um, stepping up and, and doing the right thing there. Um, so I think that that's, do you want to talk a little bit more about what happened there at Periscope? Um, oh man. Yeah. I feel really bad. I meant yeah. to talk about that up front. I hope, you know, if anyone's still listening, I hope that they get benefit out of it. <laughs> Because uh, that really should have been in front of the episode kind of thing. Um, you may have been seeing us retweeting on Twitter lately. Um, let me pull it up really quick just so I have it for reference. Uh, Nathan Young, who's a strategy director over at Periscope. Uh, they're a formerly independent ad agency over in Minneapolis. Um, Nathan Young is part of, or not part of, he's a founder of 600 and Rising, Um which was the organization that was instrumental in getting a lot of these agencies to begin publishing their diversity uh, numbers um, the last few weeks here, talking about the makeup of their company and kind of forcing agencies to recognize where they must do better. Um, And so he and everyone else involved there is doing a lot of amazing work. Um, He ended up posting on Twitter talking about the fact that the leadership involved with their holding company um, which honestly, I can't even remember the name right now. Quad. Let me see if I can. Quad. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Zach. Can you say that again? Yeah, Quad. Quad. Yeah, like Q-U-A-D. Exactly. So they were not letting 
they were trying to write a Periscope statement and they weren't letting them reference Black Lives Matters because they were unclear about supposedly how it related to defund the police and they wanted to just wait and see and let those things to sit. And apparently the, the, the black and other employees there at Periscope tried to explain that while those are related, they're not the same thing. And Black Lives Matters is an important statement to say. And it, I mean, shit, man, I'm saying this and it's, it's obvious, but <laughs> it should be said and it should be recognized. And uh, they were not allowed to do that. And so he started tweeting on Twitter about how he felt like he had failed his cause that he was starting with 600 Rising because he wasn't speaking up about what was going on in his own company. So a lot of the, the black employees there ended up walking out. Um, to try and start that conversation, bring awareness to it. Then Adweek wrote about it and he claimed that um, Quad and leadership at Periscope lied about its involvement in it and then published proof via email showing that they didn't want to talk about it, uh, which escalated it further and then caused the entire agency to walk out and do a declaration of independence, talking about how they will never again let Quad, their holding company, dictate how they conduct themselves as an agency, Um, which highlights a couple different issues. One, hats off to them. Uh, I wanted to talk about it more on Twitter, in my opinions, but honestly, I'm not the person to talk about it. So I just retweeted it to let their voice be heard. So generally, definitely encourage you to check that out. Um, But one, it highlights the issue of how do we talk about social issues as companies? I think people are still afraid to do so, and I get it. You don't want to alienate anyone, but you also have to ask yourself, who do you want to associate with? Um, and, and, And secondly, too, it talks about the issues of holding companies dictating what you can and can't do. And I think when you have your independence, as Periscope is learning, you're generally in a better position to do what is right for you and your values. And I think that that is ultimately important too. So hats off to Periscope. I don't know if you guys have any thoughts you want to add to that to wrap this episode up. I know we are a little bit longer than usual, but um, yeah, I encourage you to go read more about them and Nathan Young and, and everything they're doing at 600 and rising. Um, Cole, I'll let you go first if you have anything and then I'm going to close it with something. All right, all right. Zach's, I'm excited to hear what you got, got on tap, Zach. But um, yeah, I think that I think that this is kind of a good way to wrap it up in a sense that, you know, where do we go from here? What do we do now? Um, I think that, you know, what Quad and what, um, you know, the agency kind of stepped up and, and did there was really great. And I think that that's, you know, kind of the spirit that we have to take into this moving forward, you know. We, we talked about, you know, money talks and all of these different things. I think that it really is our, our opportunity and our duty as consumers right now to really speak with, with our dollars in a big way. Um, and I think to really show brands how we feel that they should be acting. Um, you know, there's, there's examples of good behavior. I think that I, if anything, a lot of brands are trying, um, a lot of these companies are trying to kind of uh, stand up for what they think is right and for, um, you know, the for the black, whole Black Lives Matter movement, I think. Um, and I think hopefully this continues to gain steam. And again, that we're seeing headlines uh, for this long after um, this month and next, um, because I think that's that's where the real change is going to happen. Um, and I think the real the real change, too, is going to happen in November as well. Um, so hopefully uh, all of these uh, you know, pushes kind of move more people to vote and take action. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I think, I think that that's, uh, that's really what's, what's key to all of this. Yeah. I I guess I will say there too, really quick. I don't care who you vote for, just please vote. (laughs) Yeah. No matter what side you're just vote, just everybody. 
if we want, yeah, if we want to talk about the fact that there are so many issues in this country, no one has a right to talk about them unless they are exercising their fucking given right to vote that people have died over throughout history so long. You can talk about how it doesn't matter, but really you're choosing to let it not matter because you're choosing to not take part in the system we have. Uh, there are issues with it, it is flawed, but please go out and vote because you can protest all you want, but it, it, it needs to be just like I talked about Facebook or just advertising is better effective for brand building. When you pair TV and Facebook democracy and d- democratic republics are better when you pair voting with social action uh, to bring awareness to issues and then to encourage people to go out and vote on those issues. So, so please combine the two. Um, and, and then Zach, go ahead. <laughs> well, you guys both just kind of took half the shit I was going to say, but I wanted We've to been doing this together too long. <laughs> yeah. Like you kind of took it, but I'll, I'm going to reiterate cause it's a very important point. And I'm going to start um, going back to Periscope and, and something that they had said in that declaration of independence that they sort of wrote for, for, I think that's what we're calling it, but they said as an agency, we have prided ourselves on our fierce independence. Since our acquisition, we have lost that independence. Today, we are reclaiming it. That was written in the letter that they sent onward to Quad before everyone started walking out. Um, and I think the important part of no- what's important to note here is that it worked. They walked out, Quad apologized. Now the two sides are talking through how they can be better. So this stuff works uh, to, to all of the points we just we just mentioned using your money to to inflict the change you want to see works voting works protesting works walking out for what you believe in works and we do have power as individual consumers to make a difference you just have to be able to be consistently using it to see what changes you want to see happen and so i want to leave everyone with that that was kind of going to be my last thing you brought up the voting thing i was going to say that if it didn't get brought up but you guys did a great job of covering that too but just these things do work. They do make change and that you do have the power to make a difference as long as you keep up persistently doing it and persistently speaking up and standing up and spending for what you believe in. Yeah. It, we we live in a country that only goes as far as the people can take it. And that means it's very hard sometimes, you know. There's a lot of stuff that still needs to be changed. It's hard. But I think what is encouraging to me is to see so many people starting to eloquently stand up and speak their mind and speak what they believe in. I think, you know, it's our job to listen and our job to learn and to contribute where we can and to continue the conversation. We're not always going to agree with each other. Zach Cole and I do not always agree. Like I said at the beginning, we hate each other, actually. Never talk outside of the show. Um, (laughs) Only joking. But I think it's, it's important to continue these conversations. So... I hope you enjoyed this longer episode. Um, this is probably what it's going to be for a bit. Some more of these conversations. We'll try and bring back bite-sized takes when we can, when we see stuff that we think is worth talking about and highlighting. Um, but it's just hard right now. It's hard to, to think of this kind of content. We'll probably be talking a little bit more about what our day-to-day is like and what it's like been advertising in this. Which, as you can probably glean from listening to this, it's a bit of a mess right now. It's, it's, there's a lot of nuance to sift through. Um, but we hope that you learned something from this. And if you disagree with us or if you have opinions that you want to share with us too, talk to us on Twitter, talk to us on Instagram. We're here. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know. That's all I have. So I'll, I'll see you back here in probably about two weeks. If that sounds good with all of you. Um, but yeah, anything else you guys want to say before we close out? Nope. All right. Nicole hit us away with that. You know what kind of week. 
have been adtastic and uh, thoughtful. Let's say thoughtful. Weeks. There you go. <laughs> All right. All right see, see you there. the music. <laughs>